Back to throw Fitzpatrick. Throwing high into the air. Got it. Parker, touchdown. What a win for this Miami Dolphin team. Wow. What is up, Dolphins? And welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your Miami Dolphins. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we're going to get you prepped for this week in Indianapolis going under the hood on the defensive side of the ball today and talk about the top players descending on Indianapolis this week. We'll get you caught up on the workout changes, scheduled events, and everything we're going to be bringing you this week live from Lucas Oil Stadium as we have troops on the ground at the Mecca of an NFL event in Indy, and we'll cover the Dolphins coaching staff changes and announcements from late last week here on this edition of the Drive Time Podcast, and that's where we start today. Per the Miami Dolphins official website, miamidolphins.com, the Dolphins officially announced former Cal defensive backs coach Gerald Alexander, and if you guys don't follow Coach on Twitter, rectify that immediately. He is a high-energy, fun follow on Twitter, and of course, a great football coach as well. Anthony Campanelli is the new linebackers coach. He was previously with the Michigan Wolverines, and those names were out there a while back on the Twitterverse and otherwise, but we have some newer ones entering the fold. Lemuel Jean-Pierre was hired as an assistant offensive line coach as he will join and assist new offensive line coach Steve Marshall. And the Brian Flores coaching tree is growing already in year number two as Carl Durrell has taken the head coaching job at the University of Colorado. So he gets the recognition for a great job done in 2019. Of course, under his watch, Devontae Parker broke out as a dominant number one receiver and an absolute Pro Bowl snub, and Preston Williams was also on track to break the undrafted free agent rookie record for receiving yards prior to his injury in week number nine. We, of course, had contributions from Albert Wilson late in the season once he got back and recovered from the hip injury. Isaiah Ford had a big end of the season as well. Alan Hearns was part of that mix as the Dolphins receivers got the job done in 2019. Other coaching news, Josh Grizzard is the assistant wide receiver coach for Coach Durrell, and Rob Leonard will serve as an assistant defensive line coach. Now, back to the scouting combine, and if you missed yesterday's edition of the Drive Time podcast, go back and check that out. We covered the offensive side of the ball, and today we move over to the defensive side, and these players are going to work out on Saturday, February 29th, will be the defensive line and linebackers. Like the first two days of the combine, that will occur at 4 o'clock Eastern on Saturday, February 29th. Sunday's moved up a little bit earlier in the day. March the 1st will be the defensive backs, and that kicks off at 2 o'clock Eastern and 1 o'clock local time in Indianapolis. There's going to be some more changes to the combine in terms of the on-field drills. The defensive line is going to add a figure eight drill, and they're going to time it. Jordan Reed of the Draft Network, you can find him on Twitter, at NFL. He shared a clip of Cam Wake at a Dolphins practice years ago running the figure eight, and essentially what you have are two giant hula hoops that serve as a circle to put together one giant figure eight. The defensive end has to corner around 
around those edges and pick up something, some type of item off the ground to basically learn how to dip and rip the edge and get to the quarterback and flatten that angle. And you can basically picture Cam Wake coming off the edge all those years in his prime as a Miami Dolphin, that four-point stance, low to the ground, fires off, and puts guys like Tom Brady on their back in the backfield. They're also going to time the defensive back W drill this year. And this is essentially a drill that exposes tightness in players' hips and has done so for years and years and years. You backpedal, the coach flips the football to one side, you open up your hips and drop that direction, he flips it back to the other side, and you turn your hips around and shuffle that way. They are now going to time this drill and put a clock on the players. Interviews that happen after the workouts, they're going from 60 slots per team down to 45, and some scouts say this is not a huge change because not every team used all 60 interviews to begin with, but those interviews will remain 15 minutes in length. And of course, for your Miami Dolphins, Coach Brian Flores and Chris Greer will have media availability on Tuesday. I'll be there in full force to get you guys covered on all the things they have to say about the scouting combine, the draft, and every question they get asked. We'll seek some interviews with some of the heavy hitters in the draft around the combine in Indianapolis, like Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network, Todd McShay of ESPN, and so on and so forth. Now, yesterday, we talked about the offensive players. Let's get into the defensive side and Brian Flores' specialty as a defensive assistant for years and years and years in New England, but luckily he is ours now. And the Dolphins have a chance this offseason with more draft capital than anybody else and just about more cap space than anybody else. Number two on that list currently before player cuts occur. The Dolphins have the chance to roll that 5-4 and four finish from last year and all that momentum built up with Coach Flores into a strong offseason, into a strong season in 2020. And that all begins this week in Indianapolis. And we're covering those players on the field for you right now on the Drive Time Podcast your host, Travis Wingfield, part of the Miami Dolphins podcast network. And with three picks in the first round and three more picks after that in the top 70, giving them six total, the Dolphins have the benefit of ultimate flexibility in April's draft and a laundry list of good, good college football players on the defensive side to choose from. And we start on the defensive line, the interior with Derek Brown from Auburn. And his production doesn't scream top five talent, but his tape certainly does. You apply context to his four sacks and 11 and a half tackles for loss, it becomes even more impressive when you consider that he faced constant double and sometimes triple teams down there at Auburn. He picked up 54 total tackles. He forced two fumbles and recovered two of them. Four passes defensed, and that was enough to earn unanimous All-American honors. He's huge. Six foot five, 325 pounds, heavy-handed, plays with his hair on fire. He's more than just a power player. His get-off is electric. He is a black hole against the run, as then he absorbs everything and shuts it down immediately. And he's an impact interior rusher. He can play anywhere from the nose tackle all the way out to your big end as a 5'10" technique, a role they had Christian Wilkins and Devon Godshaw and John Jenkins and so many others playing last season, whether it's an odd front, even front, penetration scheme, two-gap scheme, whatever the defense calls for, you can bet that Derek Brown will excel in that area. Staying in the SEC on the interior defensive line, the senior bull standout, Javon Kinlaw, the Draft Network's number two rated player. And once again, as we did on yesterday's podcast, we're going down off the Draft Network's top three players by position, taking a look at their play and what they do on the football field and their character off the field. 
And that was where Javon Kinlaw shined both off the field and on the field in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. He spoke about growing up homeless and the passion and motivation to become the best defensive tackle of all time. He's big, six foot six, 310 pounds, has similar versatility to his contemporary in Derek Brown as he can wreck shop from any position on the defensive line. He was unblockable in those practices, which came as no surprise to those that saw him on Saturday down at South Carolina. He racked up six sacks, six tackles for loss in his final season there. He was the focal point of the opposition's game plan, drawing double teams with regularity, fires off the snap, and converts his speed into a power rush that overwhelms blockers. He was a 2019 first-team All-American by the Associated Press. Ross Blacklock is number three on this list for the Draft Network. He comes from Texas Christian University, one of the better two-gap options in this class. He is a powerful puncher with his heavy, heavy hands. The ability to strike the target and lock out allows him to both defend the run and get to the quarterback. Missing all of 2018 delayed his development one year, but he defended multiple gaps in Gary Patterson's defense there at TCU and offers such a force as a power rusher that he'd fit perfectly in a rush-contained scheme. It was an Achilles injury that held Blacklock out for the 2018 season, and that type of injury usually requires two years before the player returns to his full strength. As a result, someone likely will get a steal on this guy early on day two because he has day one ability. And perhaps missing that full season gave him some perspective and a new mindset. Quote, I had a whole year taken away from me that I'll never be able to get back, but I just play every game like it's my last. End quote. Blacklock had three and a half sacks and nine tackles for loss last season. Off the edge, everybody knows about Chase Young from Ohio State, the number one player on most big boards and, of course, on the Draft Network's big board. His highlight reel season and pass rush production had the attention of college football fans everywhere. A lean, muscular 265 pounds. He's regarded as the best edge rusher in recent draft memory. He took over crucial moments for the Buckeye defense, had a big four-sack day against the Michigan Wolverines en route to a 16-and-a-half sack season, 21 tackles for loss, and seven forced fumbles. He's not losing many battles for the right to be the first player getting off the bus. That's the scouting term for the player with the most impressive body and build. He is filled out both in his upper body and lower half. He's long. He's powerful. He features rare, rare athletic traits. He's more than capable of stacking the edge and working underneath to contribute in the running game. And Ohio State head coach Ryan Day, who was there during Nick Bosa's time, says that he prefers Chase Young. Quote, his get off, his speed. It's unbelievable. It's like nothing. I've ever seen before, end quote. The number two edge rusher on the Draft Network big board is Kalevon Chason from LSU, and this guy checks every box on the list of desired edge player traits. You should hear his name called sooner than later on night one in the draft. The production didn't match the profile. He only had six and a half sacks in LSU's championship winning season, but he did make 13 and a half tackles for loss, which showcases his ability to play as a three down guy at the next level. He's explosive, he's twitched up as all get out, and is passable as a certified judo practitioner because he has some of the most active physical and violent hands in this year's class. He projects better as a pro than a college player, in my opinion, at six foot four, 238 pounds. Chase on can rush off the edge as a four point player on even fronts, or he can stand up as an on ball linebacker in odd fronts. He missed almost all of the 2018 season, just 12 months removed from major reconstructive surgery. Chase on showcased his rare movement skills on a weekly basis. And in addition to his game as a pass rusher, 
and defending the run, Chason's comfortable working backwards in coverage in the epic 2019 Alabama game. He played coverage 21 snaps compared to just 18 pass rush reps, so he is versatile that way. And like we mentioned on yesterday's podcast, Lloyd Cushenberry got the 18 jersey on the offensive side of the ball. Chason wore on defense. Again, that distinction given to the two Tigers players who best exemplify a selfless attitude and represent success on and off the field. Up next, A.J. Epinesa from Iowa. He was an impact player from the moment he arrived in Iowa City, and he's the most imposing edge option in this entire class. At 6'6", 280 pounds, Epinesa overwhelms tackles with sheer strength and length, and he developed a variety of counter moves during his time in college. He enters the draft with a chance to make an immediate impact playing a variety of positions along the defensive front. He had 26 and a half sacks and 30 and a half tackles for loss combined in his final two seasons at Iowa. He quickly realized the talent that made him a five-star recruit. In fact, he was Iowa's first five-star player since 2005. And Hawkeyes coaches were so impressed with him, both from his ability and humility standpoints. Quote, what a humble kid. What a hardworking kid a guy that's had all the notoriety that he's had, it would be pretty easy to be self-centered, but he's totally the opposite of that. End quote. That comes from his D-line coach, Reese Morgan, there at Iowa. We move now back to the linebacker position, and Isaiah Simmons, the number one player on the Draft Network's linebacker rankings from Clemson. You take a picture of this guy because you're not going to see someone like him coming into the league for a long, long time. Playing deep safety, edge rusher, slot cornerback, off-ball linebacker, he does it all and does it all off often and does it all well. He is the prototypical modern-day football player. There was a video that surfaced last summer showing him racing Clemson running back Travis Etienne, who has clocked 40 times in the low 4-3s, and Simmons went step-for-step in a foot race with Etienne. And his stat sheet is also absurd. His junior season alone, he made 16.5 tackles for loss, 8 sacks, 2 forced fumbles, picked off 3 passes, and had 104 total tackles. Unanimous All-American and former national champion, 3 consecutive trips to the college football playoff. He's going to pace linebackers in every single testing metric we watched this week in Indianapolis. He was a high school track star, and other players referred to Simmons as LeBron. Of course they did. From an ESPN article, quote, you can't really work around him because he's everywhere, an opposing coach said of Simmons. It felt like he was playing defensive line, linebacker, and safety all in the same play. He is a problem, end quote. The number two linebacker on the Draft Network's big board, Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma. And in any other class, this guy would set the standard in speed testing. But of course, with Simmons there, that's not going to happen. He's a rocked up 235 pounds. He has elite range and closing speed, and he pairs that explosive nature of his game with quality instincts and processing. He can single-handedly destroy any given play. He piled up 257 tackles his final two years in Norman, 29 and a half of those occurring behind the line of scrimmage for tackle for loss. Oklahoma operates primarily in zone coverage, but Murray's skill set translates well as a potential matchup eraser in man coverage at the next level. And the third linebacker on the Draft Network's big board at the position is Patrick Queen from LSU. And following the trend of the modern-day linebacker, Queen runs, he hits, and he covers with the best of them. He's often the first of the football, and his instincts and coverage translate so well to the next level, he always seems to be around the ball. A very quick trigger allows Queen to knife into gaps and make game-changing plays regularly. Queen's downfall, though, is taking on blocks. He's not a power player that will frequently disengage from blocks, 
Getting the best out of Patrick Queen will likely come from playing in an open defense that allows him to key and diagnose without fighting through traffic. From a production standpoint, Queen, kind of a one-year wonder. Entering his junior season, he made just 46 total tackles, five for loss and one sack. And this year in the championship season, he racked up 85 tackles, 12 of those for a loss with three sacks and one pick. Going back to the defensive backfield for Brian Flores and Josh Boyer and Gerald Alexander looking to get their hands on this exciting group of defensive backs. First up on the Draft Network's cornerback big board, Jeff Okuda from Ohio State. Okuda is going to draw comparisons to the best cornerback prospects in the history of this draft, and he's every bit deserving. He has the best feet and man coverage skills in the entire class. He can press, he can mirror, he can drive out of a zone turn as well as anybody. And the former Buckeye checks all the athletic measurable boxes and should pace the cornerback testing metrics accordingly. He added ball production to his resume this season with three picks, nine passes defensed. He was a consensus All-America. And we talked about the fluid hips in the W drill. This guy's going to kill that, that drill because of his change of direction and the recoverability on the rare occasion where he initially does lose a rep. The knock on Okuda is a perceived unwillingness to tackle, but his Ohio State film, when you ask me, is littered with open field stops. Playing for a school rich in defensive back lore, Okuda stayed grounded through all of his success saying, quote, you know what you sign up for when you come here. I work every day to be the next one, but I won't be unless I prove it on the field. I haven't made it yet, end quote. That's the right mindset for that young man. The number two cornerback on the Draft Network's big board, Jeff Gladney out of TCU, competing with Okuda for the best feat in the entire class. Gladney glides about the field with eye-popping explosiveness. He can flip that trigger like that, flipping his hips, running vertically, or driving on a play in front of him. Everything Gladney does is rapid. He plays a physical brand of man coverage that can cause issues against bigger receivers. And as Gladney goes just six foot one, 183, sometimes he does get beat, but he will never back down from a challenge. And his speed pairs exceptionally well with his studious nature. You go back and watch his tape. Most of his picks occur in the second halves of games and that's kind of a nod to his preparation skill set and his ability to adjust throughout the game he devours film throughout the week which takes him to the football one beat sooner and that makes all the difference he picked off five passes and broke up 31 of them in his final three years at TCU the number three cornerback another Ohio State product coming out of DBU up there Damon Arnett from Ohio State He played perhaps the most physical brand of press coverage among all cornerbacks this year and has a tendency to frustrate his opponent. To me, Arnett is one of those guys that when you're playing pickup basketball, you just hate to see it when he picks you to cover because you know you're not going to get free all game. He plays a variety of techniques and leverages. He's a master of impacting the receiver's footwork and keeping his eyes in the backfield to help beat his man to the football and get some ball production. Everything he does is aggressive from his feet to his inside hand jam off the line at the top of the route at the catch point. His style, however, could result in a flurry of flags at the professional level, but his temperament and ball skills will make up for the occasional penalty. He's as patient as he is explosive at the catch point with an innate ability to separate the football from the receiver's hands. Going backwards, our final position group here, and these defensive backs will work out on Sunday at 2 o'clock Eastern time, 1 o'clock in Indianapolis. 
And again, we'll have you covered on MiamiDolphins.com as well as on the official Miami Dolphins podcast network. We start here with the Draft Network's number one safety on their big board, Xavier McKinney from Alabama. He is such a versatile piece in Nick Saban's defense. He lined up all over the formation. He's a tremendous athlete with instincts and football IQ. He makes a number of plays both in the box as well as in coverage. He's an exceptional tackler and an even better blitzer. His final two years in Tuscaloosa produced six sacks, five picks, six forced fumbles, and 15 passes defended. The knock on McKinney is maybe a lack of center field range, but playing him back there takes away one of your most capable tacklers, so that might not be the smartest way to play him anyway. He may 169 total tackles those combined two seasons. The All-American safety was the captain of Saban's defense. Quote, he's an alpha dog on the team. He's a special player. Not only his play, but when he talks on the field, you know it brings the other guys to step up their play as well. That is a quote from Patrick Sertan, the second son of former Dolphins great Patrick Sertan. Grant Delpit is our number two safety on the draft network, and you can empty the clip of scouting buzzwords with this dude because it's totally acceptable to describe his game. He plays with his hair on fire every single snap. He's a leader who changes the temperature of the locker room whenever he steps in it. The unquestioned alpha dog presence of this LSU defense. He was the engine that drived the decorated Tigers defense. The term click and close refers to a defensive back's ability to hang back in zone or an off coverage for a cornerback. Key the passing concept and drive on the football to prevent completions. These anticipatory skills paired with his quick twitch athleticism allows Del Pitt to make plays on the football just about every single game. He plays with confidence, versatility, and the swagger to elevate the attitude of his teammates around him. When asked about Del Pitt's versatility, LSU defensive coordinator Dave Aranda likened Del Pitt's game to former Tiger Jamal Adams. Quote, to be honest, Jamal could have impacted the game in a multitude of ways, but we were so early with installing this defense and the stuff that we just weren't ready to do, some of the stuff like we've been doing this year, Grant Delpit can do it, end quote. And to finish up our safety position group and the entirety of the defensive combine preview here on the Drive Time Podcast, Antoine Winfield from Minnesota. He is the son of former Bills and Vikings star cornerback Antoine Winfield Sr. And he finished fourth in college football with seven INTs in 2019. Junior plays a different position than his dad, but the apple does not fall far from the tree here with his diverse skill set and focused temperament. In addition to the interceptions, Winfield Jr. made three and a half tackles for loss, three sacks, he forced two fumbles, and he piled up 172 combined tackles. He had six pass breaks and scored two return touchdowns in his 30-game gopher career. Just eye-popping production. Minnesota head coach P.J. Fleck praised his star safety both on and off the field. Quote, he is one of the best athletes and I think one of the best people. He is an unbelievable young man and he can do a lot of things. End quote. Flex last mention there about the versatility refers to his jack-of-all-trades capabilities. He played off the ball as a deep safety. He creeps up close to the line of scrimmage as an extra box defender. He displayed superb man coverage skills as a slot defender. And reportedly, he once ran a 4.27 40-yard dash his freshman year at Ohio State, where Pops went. And all eyes are going to be on this decorated safety prospect on Sunday when the defensive backs hit the field at Lucas Oil Stadium. But as for today's podcast here, here on the Drive Time Podcast. That is going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast from. Go ahead and leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the Dolphins at Miami Dolphins. Of course, check out our other Dolphins podcast, the Audible and the Fish Tank Podcast.
and we'll have you covered all week long from Indianapolis at the Scouting Combine. But as for today's time, that's it. Signing off for the Drive Time Podcast. Fins up. Podcast. Fins up. Podcast.